This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome in, family. We got an incredible show today, so let's get right to it. The Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Ooh, he's still hurt. Is Cooper Rush the backup, putting pressure on Dak if and when he does finally return? And how about Lamar Jackson? He's been balling so far, but does he look smart betting on himself? $250 million at stake. Tua Dungavailoa playing Joe Burrow, both drafted in the first round three years ago. What can Tua prove? We got a lot to get to. This is Speak. I'm Emmanuel Lacho. Y'all know the vibe. Volume's up. I will not ask Shady. (laughs) Remote's down. Y'all stay for a while. That's NFL insider Dave Hellman, the one and only Joy Taylor, and my dog for life, 252 Live. Eagles all-time leading rusher, that's LaShawn McCoy. But speaking of being one of the greatest of all time, how about Bill Belichick? The greatest of all time, and we are seeing his demise right before our very eyes. Because Bill Belichick is a great. He's a legend. Don't take my word for it. Take Aaron Rodgers' word for it, who has to play him this coming week. Aaron Rodgers says he's the best coach of all time. He's a legend, a living legend, and he's been ahead of the game for a long time. But if he's the greatest of all time, then why is he struggling so severely right now? Think about this, America. With Tom Brady, Bill Belichick was on a whole nother level. I'm talking about six Super Bowls. I'm talking about playoff appearances, AFC champion nine times. But then without Tom Brady, he's 18 and 18 in the regular season with a big goose egg when it comes to playoff wins. Bill Belichick, the greatest ever. He looks very confused. His quarterback coach is a special teams coach that was a failed head coach. His offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator that was a failed head coach. So Bill Belichick is great as he is and as great as he has been. We may be witnessing the demise of one of our all-time greats. But I got to go to the desk and ask Shady McCoy, you're a great in your own right, not a coach, but as a player. How much trouble is Bill Belichick in? Belichick is in a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of trouble. Mm -mm. Listen, I've been saying this for years, right? Myself and other great players have talked about this. Bill Belichick with the Patriots, with Tom Brady, is a whole nother level. They are. But Tom Brady's not there. You see the real Belichick. Can't win no games. They struggling. They look bad. Terrible. All the great, all all, all the greats talk about, oh, he's, he's one of the best coaches of all time. He's the greatest. Do you see it? I don't see it. Do you, do you guys see it? Seriously, I don't see it at all. The thing is, soon Tom Brady left, I knew it would happen. I knew they wouldn't be a good football team, right? And then when they do go to the playoffs for the first time since Tom Brady left, what did they do? They get blown out by 40-some points to Buffalo. That you, see, you, know, that you see twice a year. How'd you know they weren't going to be a good football team when Brady left? Okay, so something, something like this, real small. When we played the Patriots, we never were scared of the Patriots, right? They talk about he's a great defensive mind. We weren't scared to go against that defense. We were scared of Tom Brady. 
One thing about Tom Brady is he's always going to deliver. Touchdowns, red zone, completions, smart football, no offsides, no, no penalties. They were the, the, one of the most disciplined teams in football when Tom Brady was there. They always talk about was Belichick. When I look there now, I don't see that. I see penalties everywhere. I don't want to hate on Belichick. I'm just keeping it real. Keep it real, I'm just dog. keeping it real. A joy, keep it real as well. You might disagree, but please keep it real. Is the Bill stats Belichick, speak for themselves now. Is Bill Be- The show is speak now. The stats speak. Okay, they don't speak for themselves. We're, we're disregarding <laughs> that from our lives, okay? The stats speak. Okay. <laughs> joy, is Bill Belichick in trouble? No, not at all. Mac Jones is hurt. Yeah. This is a really weird time to pounce on an organization. Pre that, we did pounce on them. I had no expectations of the Patriots this year. They made it to the playoffs last year with Mac Jones as a rookie. They were a bad team from what I hear, though. Made the playoffs. Bad. I mean, they weren't a great team, but they did make the playoffs. There were other teams that made the playoffs that did the exact same thing that the Patriots did. Cowboys. Packers. (laughs) Sorry. I'll I'll have some drinks afterwards. But the point is, they made the playoffs last year with a rookie quarterback. They don't look good this year. They didn't look good this year before Mac Jones Mm -hmm. got hurt. So now, if anything, they have a grace period because their starting quarterback is not out there. What does trouble mean? Do we mean his legacy is in trouble? Absolutely not. I think we can see now more clearly than ever Shady's point that Tom Brady was more responsible for the legacy that the New England Patriots were for those 18 years, 20 years. He was more responsible for that. But that doesn't discredit the fact that Belichick was the coach for all of that time. Mm -hmm, And Tom Brady was not the Tom Brady he is now or the Tom Brady in the final years in New England at the beginning of his career. He developed and put in the work to become the greatest of all time. He didn't walk in the building that, he became that. He tells you that, he explains that. That's, we all watched that. You didn't just wake up being the greatest of all time. That's what's so tremendous about Tom Brady's career, but it doesn't take anything away from Belichick being a great coach. Disrespect Bill Belichick if you want to. Aaron Rodgers certainly is not. Now, does Aaron Rodgers think he's going to go in there and beat them? Yeah, <laughs> I think he does. He's supposed to say that. Always I, I, a great coach. I, I think he does. But I, when you look at what Bill Belichick has accomplished, I don't think it diminishes anything because you had the greatest player of all time playing quarterback for you. Dave, when I think about trouble, I said this on September 7th, 2022, when the Patriots were healthy. I said, Bill Belichick will be forced into retirement this season. Now, that's a little bit of a stretch, though it looks a lot more likely today than it did on September 7th. But I said Bill Belichick will be forced into retirement for this reason, Dave. Going to the playoffs and getting bounced is a victory for Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach in his first year. Going to the playoffs and getting bounced is not a victory for the greatest coach of all time because the bar is set higher. He's a prisoner of his own success. It happens to greats in any field, asked LaShawn McCoy. So I think he's in trouble just because this is looking as bad as it's looked for Belichick in a long time consistently, where do you stand on it? I'm just going to – I'm glad you brought up September 7th because I was – the way I was going to lead this off was by saying I just assume every few weeks we're going to do the Shady and Acho try to fire Bill Belichick. <laughs> like that's, that's my assumption for the Not rest fire, of the way. Retire. I'm sorry. Shady, Shady and Acho try to close the book on Bill Belichick's <laughs> career. First of all – Belichick has done this before. And look, the Patriots look bad. And that's what I said back then. I said, what's trouble? Because I think of the Patriots as not a contender. Now that we've seen something from the Jags, put the Patriots and maybe the Jets in a class of their own in terms of teams that we're just like completely writing off. And I mean, I'm not going to say it's okay, but it's what I expected. And look, I guess I just have to be the Brady hater on this show. I'm not hating Tom Brady. My point is, it is so harsh 
to judge a Patriots team that is completely starting over from a 20-year era of success to a quarterback that stepped onto a loaded team. The Bucs were 8-8 eight and eight with a quarterback who threw 30 uh, picks. Yes. I think he, it was 35. 30, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, Joy. He stepped onto a team that had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They went and drafted Tristan Wirfs. They already had a legit defense. Devin White said that in this week two against the Saints. He was like, we had a loaded defense and a bad quarterback. We knew this is what we could do. So that's not a fair comparison, by the way. Mm. Just by the way. On top of that, this is what Belichick does. They started poorly last year. They rebounded to make the playoffs. What was it, 2017, the on to Cincinnati year? It, we're on to Cincinnati. And they were trying to close the book on the Patriots while Brady was still there? No, man, I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. I, I, I'll say this. So they, last year they went to the playoffs. You should be, we should be building on that, getting better and better. I, I don't see that, and we don't see that. We all agree that last right? year was fool's gold, I, though, right? I, I, no, you make it to the playoffs. You're the greatest coach of all time. And you look like that? That's all I'm saying. If you're so great of a coach, right, you're struggling to barely get in the playoffs, you're getting blown out when you get the playoffs by 40 points, not the greatest coach of all time. That's all I'm saying. This is where, this is where an all-time great player's legacy can cloud people's judgment. And look, he is the greatest of all time. Tom Brady is the greatest to ever do Easy. it. Easy. When he was still there, they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs by the Titans. That was our last memory of Tom Brady. Not that bad. Okay, that's not, not my, my point, Not my 43 though. points. This was a flawed team when Brady was still there. And he left for greener pastures. More credit to him. The Patriots have a bit of a mess to clean Enjoy. up. Let They're not ask, that good of a team. Let me ask you this, because I agree. We, we can all agree the Patriots are flawed. But it just doesn't look like they're fixing their flaws anytime soon. If you really look closely, sometimes the players will whisper. And if you listen loud enough, it'll turn into a yell. Dante Hightower, Patriots Hall of Famer, soon to be. I was like, yo, why ain't Dante playing this year? And I looked. We're free agent, tenure player. Just didn't want to go back. Patriots had the most players opt out during that bubble year. And I was just like, yo, what's going on in New England? So though the Patriots are flawed, Joy, it doesn't look like they're remedying those flaws anytime soon, and that's why I think they're in grave danger because it doesn't look like they have a great coaching tree. Their coaches that have left, Mike McDaniel, offensive coordinator for the Patriots last year, the only team that's 0-3, he's had coaching. I don't see them remedying the solutions anytime soon. Well, I think it's fair to question the, des the decisions that Belichick has made, but we've been doing that for a long time. We've been doing about that about his draft picks, to Dave's point, the weapons that they were surrounding Tom Brady with, we were talking about that. Why are they making these decisions? Why aren't they giving Tom Brady help? I believe part of the reason why Tom Brady left is because he didn't have more say in the offense and who was being brought in and didn't feel like he was being supportive. So he didn't accidentally wind up in Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, right. There was an intentional choice, as he should because you want to play with better players and have more say if you're Tom Brady. So I do think how Bill Belichick is aging is, is fair to question. But I'm, I can't go crawling to uh, dig the grave for Belichick and, and the Patriots after week three when Mac Jones just got hurt. So temporarily, we're going to look right. <laughs> like, yeah. we're going to look right. And that's an easy win. Like, but that's, we, a, that's looked, a softball right now, Mac Jones having an, having an injury. But we looked right before Mac got hurt, when they lost to the Dolphins, before we knew that the Dolphins were all that good. The Dolphins' first-time head coach, Mike McDaniel, in his first but game But they've had coaching. slow starts before. It, it, lots of teams have slow starts and are able to turn it around. What my question is, what is trouble? He's going to be so awful this year that Robert Kraft's going to go to him and say, it's time to hang it up? I, I, I'll, I'll say this, and, and Shady, Dave, chime in. What has Bill Belichick done 
outside of drafting Tom Brady that leads you to believe he can get himself out of this Great problem? Question. I think that's the nucleus of the question. Like, Coached what has he done with Tom Brady for two decades? Correct. I said outside of dominated a, a, a dynasty that we will we have never seen but in the history of the out, NFL. Outside, outside of the greatest of quarterback of all time. Like, if Tom Brady, which we all say you can't, Tom Brady's an anomaly. Tom Brady covers a multitude of sins. So outside of the anomaly, how can you look at Belichick and be like, man, I really trust this guy? He, he drafted one pro bowler since 2013, and I believe that was a punt. But, 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 but Belichick, the coach, and Belichick, the GM, should very much be separated and critiqued separately. Now, whether that is – whether people want to do that or not, you, like, you can no, choose he not he drafts, to. He drafts pretty good, though. But you can't for, for his for the way he likes to coach. No, he, not I lately. Say that. He's had some questionable draft decisions, but I, you can't just whittle it down to one or two years. Like you have to look at the totality of Belichick's legacy when you're looking at this. And for that matter, what standard are you going by? Pete Carroll was fired. Pete Carroll was almost on the way out again before Russell Wilson got there. Who who now we're going to get the opportunity to see was it Russ holding them back or was it Pete Carroll? We now get to see that happen. John Harbaugh was almost up out of there before Lamar Jackson got there. They, they talked about this. Like, we were not sure if we were going to keep him. You need a quarterback in order to win in this league. We know that. So I can't de deduct points from Bill Belichick's legacy because he had the greatest quarterback of all time. And it takes some time to recover from losing the greatest player of all time. Agreed, but we've now had – Dave, go ahead. I just, like, again, years. we don't They went to, to the playoffs last year with a rookie quarterback. Blew out 40 points and your defense they special. They got to, to the, the playoffs, playoffs. Hold on, hold on. Real, real quick. What about so holding... they, they brag about how he's the greatest defensive coach of all time, right? You go to the playoffs and get blown out by 40 points. Real quick, Jamie Collins, when I was with the Buffalo Bills – he was their best player on defense, Jamie. hands down. Nice. Belichick is credited for bro. doing so many like crazy things. Like he let him go. He, he didn't want. He didn't want to take a deal, he so go. he cut him. You doing stuff like that because you got Tom Brady? Because you know it doesn't really matter. Now that Tom Brady is gone, reality is set. Is here. You can't win. You can't cut players like that and win games. What? So He's struggling. He, what, what does he get credit for? Did he not? Was it? He, he, he gets, that won that Super Bowl where man, he look, the was it not? We we would never see another we would, we would never see another error like that. That was that was, was his over. defense. Was that that was, his defense? That was Malcolm Butler. That Malcolm game. Butler. Oh, is that the sub that he made that made the interception from Russell Wilson? Didn't on the they line? hold? They held the Rams. Actually, they did it twice. They held the Sean McVay Rams to three points in a Super Bowl. Twenty years before that, they held the greatest show on turf. Where is that to now? But where is that now? Where is that now? We're in a different cycle mean? of the Tom's team. Tom's gone. That's the yeah. difference. Oh, yes, of course. You mean Teddy Bruschi, <laughs> Willie McGinnis, and Vince Wilfork aren't, aren't playing on the team anymore? That's no. a shocking but, but analysis. Here, but here, here's the point, though, is I just I hear both sides. I just don't know where this confidence in Belichick is coming from. It's not like he's drafted the next line of Bruskies and McGinnis's and Ty Laws. It's not like I currently see Mac Jones being Lamar Jackson. So what is he supposed Harbaugh. to do every single year? He made it to the playoffs last year with a rookie quarterback. So Mac Jones is hurt right now. So mm -hmm. we can admit that temporarily we're dancing we're around like we're right, but he's hurt. So we're going to look right and easy. He was soft, one and right. two before Mac Jones. So got all hurt. the teams that are one and two, you're counting out right now. Not only that, but the majority of them. Yes. Yes. Who are the those greatest, losses, the are those losses against time? two of the what we would say are like the five or six best teams in the league? Correct. Okay. It, and sounds, then, oh it no. sounds eerily like I'm arguing that the Patriots are a good team, and I'm not. Yeah. And, and I don't think that the Patriots are contenders this year, and I don't even think that they factor into the scope of the NFL this year. They'll steal a couple games later on because it is Belichick. But the question is, is the question, are the, are the Patriots going to be good this year, or is the question, is Bill Belichick a bad coach? Good question. I, well, huh? I think huh? I think your answer is answering your second question. If the Patriots aren't a contender this year, 
and the Patriots got blown out by 40 points last year. 40. And the Patriots weren't a contender the year before without Tom Brady. How many years can you look at an organization that you've now written off this year? You wrote last year they got bounced, and the year before they didn't make any noise. How many years are you going to look and be like, yeah, but Belichick? It's That's been what I'm saying. Two whole years. Okay. And since this is the Tom third. Brady left. We're three games into the third year, and Mac Jones is hurt. And they were I also relevant to two years back. But, but before Matt got hurt, you said you didn't anticipate the Patriots making any noise this year. No, sure, but I, I could be wrong. Sure. But we don't know now. <laughs> but you, but we you don't know, and we won't know because Mac is hurt. So that's what I'm saying. This is a softball. This is a, so, a meatball right we, down the middle. Mac okay. is hurt, so we are going to look right right so now. So before he got hurt, or like the last player or something like that. So before he got hurt, what did the Patriots look like as a team? I'm asking you guys. They look like a team without a lot of offensive firepower and an, honestly a decent defense. The greatest coach of all time. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I put, hold on, hold on. If I put a guy like Rex Ryan over there, right, would it look the same? It'll be the same. The difference is when Tom Brady is gone, what? this is the real him. This is the real coach. You're not the greatest of all time. You take Tom Brady out here, and you just like the regular guys. Mike, you just like the Steelers. You just like the Jets. You, you like them guys. Mike Amazing Tomlin, analysis Mike that quarterback never, levels the playing. Mike Tomlin honest. is a Super Bowl winning coach. He has never had a losing season. Mm -hmm. He just lost Ben Roethlisberger. How many years are we giving him before we're like, oh, this was really just Ben? I'm, I'm going to give him more than three years. But Mike never had a losing like seat. Mike never Mike looked. ain't getting blown about on 40 points in the playoffs. Even with the Steelers got they got their asses kicked last year. By the Chiefs. That was a close game for a little bit. I'll never forget it because it's the Cleveland Browns. It was Baker Mayfield's only playoff win. Didn't the Browns have like a 28-point quarter in that game? I mean, wild. We gotta go. It's getting spicy on Baskin. It's getting spicy in Dallas. I appreciate your honesty, Jaden. Cooper Rush, he's in. Dak Prescott, he's out. That's for now. But. Is Cooper Rush putting pressure on Dak Prescott? Things are going to get even more intense when we return. Honest about what? I just thought y'all With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Cowboys have won two in a row. That's one more than Bill Belichick. And they've done it without Dak Prescott. Now, Cooper Rush is in, and he's a big part of the buzz that's building in Dallas. Jerry Jones says his new starting quarterback has the quote, makeup of a top quarterback. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Um, it's been fascinating watching the Cowboys ball with Cooper Rush. Ball, 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 in. It's been fascinating points. to watch the Cowboys ball get two dubs. To me, the biggest win of the season was the Cowboys beating the Bengals with the backup quarterback. To me, biggest win of the season. I've loved watching it. Loved watching it. I think what it does, though, is set a high bar mm -hmm. for Dak Prescott. Yes, it does. I know Cowboys fans. I was born and raised in Dallas. Dak, uh, Dave Hellman, you've covered Cowboys fans for the last 10 years. I was born into it. Um, I know this much. Cowboys fans, they love a winner. And right now, Cooper Rush is a winner. Say what you will, he's a winner. Cowboys fans also have a short-term memory if you're winning. They love you back then, but if you're winning, they love you more now. I think that Cooper Rush has put an immense amount of pressure on Dak Prescott because Cooper Rush went on primetime and beat the Giants. Yes, that's something Dak would have done. 
But he also beat the Bengals at home. That's something I'm not convinced Dak Prescott would have done. And more than anything, Cooper Rush has looked competent behind this offense. So if Dak Prescott goes in and loses, when he goes back in, the sky is falling mm. in Dallas. Joy, Taylor, if we can put our Bill Belichick differences aside. Can we do that? I mean, I'm, I'm very right about that topic. So it's no not promise, bothering no promises. No promises. No promises. Um, Joy, has Cooper Rush put pressure on Dak? More Not yet. Not yet. I, I would disagree that Dallas Cowboys fans like uh, a winner. No offense, Cowboys fans. But uh, during the regular season, you love a winner. <laughs> love a regular season championship. Postseason, that's a different conversation. Uh, during it's the regular season, they love a true. winner. Um, it is. It's a big brand, and winning in prime time matters. It's very confusing. My dear friend Colin Cowherd painted this perfectly on the show the other day, that we get very confused by the Cowboys because we're always in prime times. We're like, big win! Yeah, prime time. Giants. It's a big win. It's just a division win. It matters. And you have your backup quarterback. But in reality, it's not a big win. The Bengals, according to Shady, are a completely useless organization this year. So I don't know why that's a big win. And that's kind of my point. He hasn't put any pressure on Dak Prescott. He's thrown for one <laughs> touchdown in each of these respective games. He's done an incredible job as a backup quarterback to follow the game plan, not make big mistakes. They're not winning in spite of him. Their defense is playing amazing. Their running game is going. It's all working for the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott at this point. <clears throat> no pressure because Dak Prescott is still owed quite a bit of money by the Dallas Cowboys. So he's going to come back as a starter the moment that he's healthy. And if he starts to lose, then we'll have this conversation. But Cooper still has work to do. And if they end up losing the next two games and splitting, that's still a win for the Dallas Cowboys being without your starting quarterback. Cooper Rush, he's been doing his thing, his thing, not made necessarily a thing, but doing his thing at minimum. He put pressure on Dak? Now, he doesn't put pressure on Dak right now. And that the biggest reason why is because the money, right? Dak is owed a lot, a lot of money. A lot of money. But the real pressure will come from the players in the locker room. That, if that comes back and he's not playing, no, I'm sorry. If that comes back and he plays like he played the last time we seen him, that was no touchdowns, a pick, 134 yards, and a loss at home. If he's that Dak, the fans in Dallas are going to talk about, hey, man, put Cooper back in there. The players in the locker room, oh, we need to get put Cooper back in there. Then it's an issue. So that's where the real pressure comes in. And you can say what you want about that win against the, the, uh, the Giants. It's a divisional game. It's primetime TV. And they were 2-0. If you find a way to win in this league, it matters. And he's beat two good teams. Now, the Bengals, they went to the playoffs last year, went to the Super Bowl last year. So they get some credit for that because you love to talk about how good Shady, the Bengals are. No, Shady, you don't, don't steal that's, my take about the no, Bengals. No, no, no. That's, you, that's, what do you think about the Bengals, What do you think about the Bengals? What I said was this, that they won't make the playoffs because of all the hype that they had last year, right? So it matters. I thought it was because Joe young, Burrow wasn't any good. No, no, no. That's no, what no, I heard. He, a don't hide now. So, no, no, no. This is what, I, what I said was is that a young I'm team sure having, starts this stuff. A young team having so much success, it's hard to, to, to do that again. But I'll say this real quick, and I'm, and I'm, I'm done with it. If Cooper Cup is, continues to play well and win games as a starter, looking efficient and looking good, Dak comes back against the Rams, doesn't play well, the whispers will start talking. That no, is I, agree, I agree with you there. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me say something for Joy and Dave, and then Dave, please re respond to it. Um, the Bengals win. I, us three thought the Bengals were going to make the playoffs. I still do. Which one, which one said they wouldn't make it? You did. <laughs> now you want to claim your take. <laughs> now just, you want to say the Bengals were going to make I still do. Y'all thought they were a good team. I, I still okay. do. Here's right. my point. Dave, you should know this because I'm sure you know the Cowboys schedule like the freaking back of your hand. I hate when you put I, it on the spot. I don't know that the Cowboys are going to get many more competent opponents than the Bengals or the Giants. 
The NFC is terrible, y'all. NFC East is not good. So outside of the Eagles, the Rams, and the Packers, the Cowboys' most impressive game this year is likely going to be a Bengals team. Mm. So we can undermine Cooper Rush's wins, but Cooper Rush just or Dak Prescott aren't going to have that many opportunities to beat somebody competent. Dave, coming to you to answer the question and address the thought, has Cooper put pressure on Dak? You know this better than anybody. The, the irony there is, like, Dak could come back against one of the best teams in the NFC, be it the Rams or the Eagles. Or the Eagles, yep. No, Cooper Rush hasn't put pressure on Dak Prescott. The Dallas Cowboys have put pressure on Dak Prescott, and that, that's the nature of this team. A- it's the biggest team in the NFL. Argue with your mom. I don't care. It is. <laughs> they are the biggest team in the NFL. They are the most polarizing team in the NFL. Acho, if you don't love the Cowboys, you hate, hate them. the Cowboys. Right, That's Shady? True. That's true. That's on, true. Top, on top of that, you've got an owner who is encouraging this. Mm -hmm. Jerry Jones wants this conversation to happen. It's the biggest fan base in the world, or at least in the world of football. So that the, the beautiful thing about the Cowboys fan base is you can find somebody who adamantly believes anything about this team. Like, there are people this is true. who adamantly believe this is Cooper true. Rush is better than Dak but Prescott. Me, but I got to come to you, though, because, and Joy, you remember this two years ago when Andy Dalton took over for Dak. There were murmurs on several shows within this studio that the Cowboys might be better with Dalton. Hint. I was one of them. Yeah, because I, I said that the Cowboys would lean into their rushing game, blah, 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 blah. I was dead wrong. But Andy Dalton didn't put pressure on Dak because Andy Dalton was terrible. Dak Prescott put pressure on Romo because Dak Prescott was competent. Cooper Rush, you have to give him more credit than just the Cowboys are putting Please pressure do. on him. Because if Cooper was sorry right now, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, but also, and there's a perfect example happening elsewhere in the NFL. I've, I've brought him up already. Jacoby Brissett is playing damn good football right now. All things considered, for a guy who was not supposed to start... We wrote the Browns off, and we'll see how good they actually are. He's playing solid. He, he did lose them a game. And he's played way Jacoby Brissett lost than, him that game? Remember the interception at the end of the game? He goes over to the sideline. Kevin Stefanski, yeah. it'll be okay, hey, big dog. Uh, okay. I put that more on the Browns' pass defense than anything. Sure, like, but pick 10 the game. But yeah, 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 yeah. Jacoby Brissett has played well enough to have them at 3-0, and and they're at 2-1. and one. They're not 3-0. Yes, I'm sir. saying he's played well yes, enough sir. that they could be 3-0. and yes, the sir. same record as the Cowboys? It sure is. Oh, Is okay. anybody talking? Is anybody talking about this in regard to the Cleveland Browns? Or is it just like, ah, we'll check in with you when Deshaun Watson can play? Oh, that is the attitude about the Cleveland Browns. They have a better roster than the Cowboys do. But it's the Dallas Cowboys. It generates the most headlines, the most clicks. It's got the most fans with the most opinions and the most people that prey on their downfall. And this is what happens. So, yes, Cooper Rush is playing well. But if this exact situation was happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, I would pitch this to the producers of this show and they'd be like, come on, dude, you got to come course. up with something better than this. Of course not. That, but that's what I have been saying this entire time. Yep. He, it, it's not a discredit to Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is doing an amazing job at being a backup quarterback. He's not out there throwing multiple touchdown games and massive offensive performances with his arm. He's not overcoming these juggernaut uh, opponents he's doing what's being asked of him and that's a lot usually for a backup quarterback who was just on the practice squad what Cooper Rush is doing is actually great great he be, should be commended for it but what is he doing he's beating a Bengals team that Shady did not think that was good gonna be good this year we all did I agree with you the Bengals win was a great win for the Cowboys with a backup quarterback yes
The Giants in division. Great win for the Cowboys. I don't care about being prime time. It's prime time because it's the Cowboys, not because these are great teams. Great win for a backup quarterback. But we think that Dak would have beat the Giants anyway. And I think that Dak would have beaten the Bengals anyway, based off the way that the Bengals are playing right now. He is doing an excellent job at being a backup quarterback. This would not be a conversation with any other team in the league not called the Dallas football Cowboys. Well, I'll say this. I think he's a true backup, right? He, he didn't start for a couple amount of games, like some players you, you named earlier, right? They don't want to talk about that. But anyway, so when I, when I look at him, Cooper, Rush, as he's playing right now, the thing I don't like that you guys are doing is y'all not talking about how backups really play, right? I, I play, just said it. Wait, wait, oh, no, no, no. I no. just said it. No, no, no. He needs real credit. Because backups, they throw picks. They turn the ball over. They do these things. You just said I that. No, she, no, 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 no. You, you did not. It's like, yes, it's, like, I did. it's like you give him a little love. Oh, he's doing good for a backup. Backups I said he did great for a backup. Backups. Great. Not backups, great. Backups don't play that well at all. The way he's playing right now, he's playing really, really solid. As in this, if he had some real experience and he played for two, three years, right? He might could be a starter let somewhere. Me, let me address this. It um, can happen. Let me, I let don't me, let me disagree here. with you. Here's, here's the thing, though, Dave. Especially in Dallas. There's something of being undefeated. I love the point that you made about Jacoby Brissett. I love the point that you made. But regardless of how great Jacoby Brissett has been playing, they still have a loss, albeit a loss to the Jets. The Jets with a backup quarterback currently starting. They still have a loss. If Jacoby Brissett was winning undefeated, all the things like Cooper Rush is. It's been two games, so let's all calm down. But if Jacoby Brissett had the Browns at 9-2, and two, when Deshaun comes back, there would definitely be conversations, at least on this show, if not everywhere, of, hey, should they just keep that joint going? Like, why change it up? Jacoby Brissett, 9-2. and two. That's really the dialogue we're kind of having. Right now, Cooper Rush is undefeated. It's been two games. But he's still undefeated. If Dak Prescott comes in against the Rams and comes in against the Eagles... Mm. and goes 0-2, or at best 1-1. Cowboys fans, Shady and myself, maybe you all are going to be looking like, oof, man, I wonder how it would have been. No, if Dak Prescott goes 1-1 one one against the Rams and the Eagles, I'm not going to think that they should put Cooper Rush back out there. That would be a hell and of an actually, the more that you talk about oh. it, I, I want, just for the sake of the show, for Dak to not come back until after those two games so that we can get a full spectrum yes. of what, what this conversation actually Agree wholeheartedly. We won't get it, but I would like just personally well, for that to Brissett happen. Has play, he's started games. But they're not think, they're talking about that. He's played games. He has experience. Cooper Rush is a guy with no experience playing what, what this well. No making, one is that matters, not though. giving Cooper Rush his you're credit. Not, you're not giving him I enough credit. I sat here for three minutes and waxed poetic about how much credit Cooper Rush should get for what he's doing. Dave and I had this conversation. Um, let's bring everyone into it. I think it's risky, Joy, to hope that Cooper Rush does play against the Rams or the and or the Eagles. Here's why. If you're Dak and Cooper Rush plays against the Rams and somehow the Cowboys win 17 to 14, Cooper Rush does what he does, 230 yards, one touchdown, no picks. And you play against the Eagles, which is a winnable game because of the matchups, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, et cetera. And somehow Cooper Rush wins and they beat the Eagles 24 to 17 and Cooper Rush does what he does, 230 yards, one pick, no interceptions. It's going to have, like, eventually even y'all two are going to have to be like, dang, Cooper they, they Rush beat oh, no. the Rams and the Eagles. No, no, they won't to, be, do that. to be clear, I'm rooting for anarchy. 
I don't think the Cowboys <laughs> are going to do anything in the postseason because they never do. And I have to talk about the Cowboys because they're the biggest brand in all sports. So I want this to happen. I'm rooting for this to happen. I want this chaos in my Dave, life. Not because I think that it means Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott or that it's not going to end exactly the same it'll be that a, always it'll be, the it'll be a fun season. I'm just rooting for chaos. Take me inside the mind of the Cowboys because you covered them for 10 years prior to being on this show. If Cooper Rush beats the Cowboys, be, excuse me, if Cooper Rush beats the Eagles, and he beats the Rams, and I believe they have the Commanders this week. Yes. And now you're sitting at 5-0 and with two wins over two of the best teams in the NFC, including last year's Super Bowl champ. At that point, 5-0 and Cooper Rush, two mega wins. At that point, is there enough credence to the conversation of Cooper has put pressure on Dak or Dak should chill for a while? No. And, well, and again, I mean, this whole thing, this all stems from how healthy Dak is. And... That, it, that's, it's so aggravating because this is, this is a good thing for the Cowboys, and it has created this monster of a storyline. Every game that Cooper Rush wins is a week that you can say, ah, oh, Dak, your grip's not perfect. You're good, dude. And instead of being like, hey, Dak, your grip's better, right? We really, <laughs> hey, did you see what Cooper did against the Rams? Your grip is better, right? Right? Like, it takes that pressure off of him. And honestly, from being around that team, I can't stress to you all enough, Dak is that dude in that organization. And there's an interesting difference here. When Dak was coming up, uh, remember, what was the engine of that team? It was Dak and Zeke being rookies. Mm -hmm. There was a moment where the torch got passed, and even veteran guys like Des Bryant and Jason Witten were like, these young cats have it, man. Whereas Dak has been at the epicenter of this team. All of these guys, like, you know, Zeke, these guys have been here with him for forever at this point. C.D. Lamb, like Dak is the starter that he's known the whole time he's been in the league. I think that carries extra weight. I think Tony Romo was, what, 36 years old, eventually on his way out of the league, and it was like, hey, we drafted this guy. We, this, is, this is a new era. Whereas Dak is in the middle of his prime. He just signed that deal. He's got years with an S left on it. That opportunity <laughs> is not here and, and on top of that, nobody in that locker room wants it to be here. Honestly, probably not even Cooper Rush. I mean, obviously, he wants to start. I get that. But, like, At what cost? Coop, Cooper Rush isn't sitting there like, yeah, let's get four out of here, man. Like, that's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Oh, so, so interesting. Well, what else is interesting? Lamar Jackson, $250 million guaranteed. That's what's on the line this season. That's how much money he wants. But has he earned it based upon his play? We'll talk about it next. $250 million. He made the money. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back in, family. Now, Doug Peterson, former Eagles head coach, is bringing his Jaguars, as Doug Peterson is the new head coach for the Jags, back to Philly, where Peterson won a Super Bowl a few seasons ago and has a statue of himself outside. That could get awkward. Anyway, speak up, coach. Personally, I've never seen it in person. Um, and, you know, obviously it's a, it's a great honor to to have you know me and Rocky Balboa, I guess, in the city of Philadelphia, um, and Nick Foles. <laughs> and Nick Foles, 2-5, how you feel about that? Man? Oh, I love it. I mean, if 
you're from Philadelphia, you know how Rocky Balboa is real, right? It goes Muhammad Ali, then Rocky next. All right, so to have a statue right there next to him is, is major. Is it awkward in your mind having a statue of the opposing head coach outside of your stadium? Nah, I mean, they, they love Doug there. Doug played, he was a quarterback there. It's awesome. True. So he played there, and now he's one of the best coaches to ever coach in there. So I love it. He brought him a championship. How y'all feel? I'm just happy Philly has a real sports hero they can build a statue of. <laughs> Not Are you a, calling Rocky fake? He's a fictional character, sir. Yes, I am. Like, it's not, you know, people that actually did something good for them, they get a statue. Good. That's nice. Wow. <laughs> see him against Gra you Drago? Never. That's you never. Yeah, see him against Drago. I love Philly. Never I love Philly. Philly again. Okay, let's move on to Baltimore. <laughs> it's safer there on the football field. Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level right now, leading the league in touchdown passes. But remember, y'all, he cut off contract negotiations before the season. Lamar said he wanted $250 million guaranteed, allegedly. But the Ravens were like, nah, we good. Lamar bet on himself. Ravens legend Ed Reed said Lamar's style of play makes him susceptible to injuries, adding, quote, the Ravens will use that bleep against you whether you like it or not if you get hurt. Spicy in Baltimore. Shady, you've been watching the Ravens games. I've watched some of them with you. Does Lamar look smart betting on himself, big dog? I think he looks extremely smart. He looks super smart. I mean, first of all, he's a winner. Since 2018, he came there, first Baldwin. round, right? And he's been winning since. He's like, what, 39 and 18 as a winner? Um, and you look at him right now, he's playing on an MVP level right now. I, either him or Jalen Hurts, wherever you like, they're the same. I mean, he's leading touchdowns this year, passing rating, like he's really balling. This is the thing. It's only been one of the quarterbacks been playing at a higher level as far as in that same, you know, time span Pat. with the same franchise as Pat. Other than that, it's Lamar. So why not pay this guy's money? Yeah. Come on, because if you don't, the number's going up and up and up. Joy, you think he looks smart? Right now, yeah, he looks really smart. Now, there's a lot of season left. To Ed's point, he is betting on himself. It is a risk. He was injured last year. If he does have an injury this year, they are going to use that against him. They, they are. Now, whether that matters or not, we've seen it not matter in the case of Dak Prescott. But you can also, in some ways, argue that how the Cowboys did business there maybe necessarily wasn't the smartest decision, depending on how this all plays out. So right now, he does look smart, and he's playing at an unbelievable level. And if he keeps this up, and if he wins an MVP, or they make a lot of noise in the playoffs or win the Super Bowl, they're going to have to pay up, or this is going to get extremely ugly yeah i'll go i'll say this because i don't think he looks smart but he don't look dumb mm. and i think there's a difference um shady you know this you went to sugar house you went to harris because we went together these are casinos in philly ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um sometimes sugar house harris whatever the case may be you have to play the entry level game with fake money before you can get into the real poker tournaments the real blackjack tournaments you got to play your way in but the entry level games that's not real money nobody's winning anything Right now in the regular season, I don't think Lamar Jackson's winning any real money. What's Lamar Jackson doing in the regular season we haven't seen him do before? Ravens, y'all saw him win a unanimous MVP. 2019, he led the league in passing touchdowns and was sixth in rushing yards. Top 10 passer, top 10 rusher at the same time. So we ain't seen Lamar do anything right now he hasn't done before. So what are the Ravens waiting for to pay him? I don't think he looks smart because we've seen him be brilliant before. I think that he doesn't look dumb, but to Joy's point, it's only 21% of the season so far, three games. And I'm just like, okay, Lamar, right now you are just playing to get into the major tournament. The major tournament, in my mind, at least in the mind of the Ravens, doesn't start until the playoffs. Here's the, the dirty secret, though, is like, I don't know how much that matters. And look, I, I can say critical things about Dak Prescott. He got his payday without really accomplishing anything in the playoffs. He's been 
what he he made his third trip last year. He's he's one and three. He's won one playoff game to this point in his career. He got the bag. Uh, Kyler Murray again, like embarrassed in the playoffs last year, and the and the Cardinals have had a problem during his tenure of just kind of collapsing in the second half of the season. So you don't even have to be great all the way through the regular season. If a team thinks you're the guy, they got to pay you. What's interesting to me is Lamar got his MVP before he could even negotiate. You know, like if he had won that in year three or year four, it's over. Yeah. Now the Ravens are trying to play that against him. I don't think he's stupid for doing it. And, and like I said, like even if he gets hurt, as long as it's knock on, knock on some wood, but like as long as it's not a crazy injury, be right. I think he'll be fine. I think the price goes up no matter what, especially the level he's playing at. But it's not about him getting a bag or the bag. It's about getting the bag that's bigger. The bag bag. Like, yes. <laughs> He's trying to get a bag that's bigger than the biggest bag we've ever seen. And that is the difference maker here because he's going to get a big contract. We have to imagine whatever we got reports that he was getting a DAC like contract, which right. is a lovely payday. But that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for something on the extreme. And that's why this conversation is unique. Because is what has to happen in order for the Ravens to fold on giving him a $240 or $250 million guaranteed contract to one individual player? Because it's so much bigger than just Lamar Jackson. It's all of the owners. It's the owner that spoke out and said he didn't like that Deshaun Watson contract. So this is not just any old bag. So it's it's the bag. Shady, what's going through your mind? You're Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You've already proven yourself <clears throat> to be one of the greatest in the league, one of the greatest ever in theory at the position. But they ain't paid you yet. Right. Are you going out on the field frustrated at the organization? Are you going out saying, I'm going to get mine? What's going through your mind? Are you, are you, are you a little PO'd? You ticked off? What's your, are you free? Yeah. What's your thought See, process? I, I would be frustrated, but then again, when I watch Lamar... And the approach that he took is more like, look, you know what? You don't want to pay me, fine. You don't want to pay my worth, I won't argue with you. I'll go out here and play with my teammates, and, and, and I'll go win games. And then at the end of the year, we'll see where we're at. And I can see myself doing that. Like, I'm going to better myself totally. No more negotiations with the contracts. Don't talk to me about no contracts. Only thing you can talk to me about is football. And going forward, I'm betting on myself. So now, at the end of the season, if it's a Super Bowl, if it's a playoff win, playoff loss, whatever it is, if I do well for my team, at the end of the year, I'm going with my agent. We need more money. It's either with Baltimore or somewhere else. But I won't be the good guy no more and going to training camps. Yeah. Dave, let's go full circle because America, keep in mind, the Ravens can still franchise tag Lamar Jackson at the end of this year. Hold the rights to him. Hey, you can't go anywhere. Sit out if you want to. We'll pay you $40 million. They can franchise tag him again next year. So does Lamar Jackson actually hold any leverage? Is he actually yes. even betting on himself? I, I mean... I th and to, to Joy's point about it getting ugly, I think that completely depends on how ugly both parties are willing to get. Like, it's very rare to see a guy actually follow through on a threat to sit out. Le'Veon Bell, I think, is the only guy that's ever really committed to the bit. Like uh, Deshaun, Deshaun prior yeah. to... Everything. Deshaun, you're right. I'm yeah. sorry, you're right. It, it, it's rare. And by the way, that was really ugly, and it wound up with him never playing in Houston again. For We don't have to get into all of that, but... So I, it, I, it's hard to imagine, especially from a quarterback. Like, it's hard to imagine a quarterback committing to do that. And then it's hard to imagine an organization that has won so much of, uh, because of Lamar Jackson not wanting to do that. I would, I would like to believe that it can reach 
a reasonable decision before then. But I'm I'm with Shady. Like if I'm Lamar Jackson, if I put up four thousand passing yards, a thousand rushing yards, get the Ravens back to the playoffs. I'm done being nice about it. Like, I'm not going to sign that tag if they give it to Joy, me. we've Absolutely said this before. Not. We've had this conversation off air, off air, on air, off air. Sometimes you can't reason with somebody unreasonable. And in the Ravens' mind, they have to think that Lamar Jackson asking for $250 million guaranteed is unreasonable. So I don't even know that the Ravens can get to a point of reasoning with what they believe to be unreasonable. Can Lamar Jackson actually do anything to move the Ravens off what appears to be their goalposts. I think that if they won a Super Bowl, it would be a very hard conversation, even within the organization, to not pay him this money. Because now you have a young player who has won a Super Bowl, who has years of prime left as a dual threat, as a prime, to, to pay and build around. But again, I circle back to the... the the contract itself, to your point about being reasonable, is the issue. It's not about having a big contract. He wants to make more than Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed. That resets the table for, for everyone in Going the entire forward. league, every organization, every owner, how you build teams, how you pay certain yeah. positions. And, and strangely, because it is the quarterback position, it's such an important position that while you have to pay them the most, they're also the biggest part of your organization if they get injured. So you have all this money potentially tied up in one player that can influence whether you win or lose. So in some ways, that makes the contract even more terrifying because it's like, okay, this guy's this important. We should pay him this and could pay him this. But if we do, he's also so vital that if he's gone, our season is over. So, and potentially a season after that and, go, and so on and so forth. So... It's just a very, I think it's bigger than just Lamar Jackson, what's going to happen with his contract. You're exactly right. Lamar Jackson is trying to change the history, right. truth be told, and the trajectory of the NFL. If Lamar Jackson signs for $250 million plus guaranteed, the trajectory of the NFL will change forever. And we know this much. Owners do not like to change the way in which they are doing things, particularly when it comes to spending money. Oh. Well, speaking of changing things, how about Tua Tagovailoa? He definitely changed how we think about him. Joe Burrow, they face off tomorrow. But what in the world can Tua do? The same Tua that we wrote off, what can he do, what can he do tomorrow night to change our opinion of him against big-time Joe Burrow? That's next on Speed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tomorrow night, the Dolphins face the Bengals, and we're talking about the 2020 NFL Draft. Number one overall pick, that's Joe Burrow. How about the number five overall pick? That's Tua. Now, the defending AFC champions in Cincy versus the undefeated Dolphins. It is going to be a matchup to remember, and we got to start talking about it right now. Bengals favored by three and a half points at home, according to Fox Bet Sports Book. 
Let's get to it. Joy, you are a Dolphins fan. You've lived in Miami. You've seen the demise of Tua and now the praise of Tua. You've had to go on this freaking Tua roller coaster ride. Yeah. What in the world can Tua prove against Joe Burrow? Same draft class, number one overall pick, number five overall pick. What the heck can he prove? Well, I don't think this is as much of a statement game as the comeback win against the Ravens and certainly not last week against the Bills. But I do think that this is this is a, an important game for Tua to, to really show he's on that same level as the guy that is the best player in the draft class so far. Like, he is. He was just playing in a Super Bowl here in Los Angeles in February. Whatever we think of what he is this year, he took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. He got sacked nine times in a playoff game against the best team in the NFC and won. So that is something. So I, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't think of the Bengals what I thought of them at the beginning of the season, but they did just get a win, so they're feeling good. They're at home. This is going to be a battle for the Dolphins. But I think Tua can go out there and really make a statement against Joe Burrow, who is a guy that we know can go out there and make plays. Shady, where I'm at is this. I think Tua can prove he belongs where he was drafted. They've been trying to bench Tua when Brian Flores was there. Now, finally, you got Tua, you gave Tua some help, and he is balling. Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, two of the top five receivers as it stands right now in reception yards. We compare Tua to Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. We compare Tua to Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow had T. Higgins. Joe Burrow had Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow had a litany of other beasts. Tua didn't have nobody. Now that Tua has people shady, Tua is finally putting up numbers. He's 10-1 and one in his last 11 games. He can finally get the respect that people have for so long taken from him. What in the world can he prove to you against Joe Burrow? He can't prove nothing to me. I think a better question should be, what can Joe prove to Tua? Wait, I mean, make that make sense. I'm about to, one second. First of all, it's Tua's show, right? He's the 1-3-0. He just beat the, the Bills, got knocked out, they came back and won the game, right? I mean, so... He's number two in, in, in yards, passing yards. Mm -hmm. It's two a show. I mean, what, what did Joe Burrow do this year? Beat the Jets? We need to be talking about more of that. Like, what, how can you prove yourself to two? It's two a show right now, and I'm not going to um, I'm hate on his light. I'm going to give him all the love and the flowers he deserved. It's two a show. Well, do you think Tua at this junction in time, at least this season, better than Joe Burrow? Yeah. I mean, what, what you think? I'm 3-0, and oh, right? The, the, the Dolphins, Joey says it all the time. The Dolphins have been the Dolphins. I played against them. They weren't very good, right? We love to go to Miami just to play and have a good time in the sun, but they weren't pretty good. <laughs> now they're respectable. We're 3-0. Oh. Always talk about, am I a good quarterback? If I'm not, if I am, no, I am a good quarterback. And I'm leading my team to victories. They're number one in the AFC, what, uh, East? Yeah. Come on, nobody's seen that. It's real. So give them their respect. Dave, that, you got a man that, crush on Burrow. That bastion of success that is the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, like Joe Burrow didn't turn anything around in Cincinnati I at can't all. Tell. They beat the Jets, that's it. I, look, I'm not going to go as far as to say I feel bad for any quarterback because I know how much money they make. But, like, this is, this is the wild <laughs> thing about this job, man. Two weeks ago, we would have all sat here and said, man, that's rough for Miami that they got to go up to Cincinnati yep. and, and see what they could have had if they Who had done that? a better job of tanking. The whole world, Shady. Not the me. whole world no, would I'm have said that. Okay, cool. Uh, no, actually, Shady wouldn't have. Shady. You're right. And but we I'm all would have called him crazy. I told you they wouldn't go to playoffs. Joy. Unless it was the Cowboys being the Bengals, and then it was a then it's, then it's, yeah, but, then it's But other than that, Shady would have said, said the Bengals were good. Even the dudes on your Instagram story rapping about the Dolphins didn't think Tua was this good at the start of the season. Like, that nobody, nobody did. Nobody, and that's okay. So, yes, he has something to prove. He has... Everything to prove, like y'all said, that, that he deserves to be in that class with Herbert and Burrow because up until two, three weeks ago, 
nobody thought that. It's okay to say that. Nobody thought that. And I, you're right. I am an LSU homer. I'll bring it up. 2019. November of yep. 2019. Talk about it. it was tank for Tua. And, oh, who's this Joe Burrow guy coming into Tuscaloosa? Joe Burrow gave t Alabama that work. Tua got hurt. Gave him that work. Tua got hurt in his defense. Okay. LSU won that game. It did. Yeah, LSU won that game, and it's been all Joe Burrow ever since. So yeah. it's it's fitting, it's fitting that Tua has a chance college, to rewrite that script college, right now, yeah. and he gets to do it with his college teammate Jalen Waddle, just like Joe's doing with Jamar Chase. This is huge. It's absolutely huge. And and on top of that, for the Dolphins, I'm very intrigued. Okay, big comeback against the Ravens, statement win against what we think is probably the best team in the league, or certainly one of those two or three teams. Not that the Bengals are bad. I'm not ready to say that they're bad. But how do you do in a letdown spot? Short week, Tua maybe not 100% healthy. How do you respond on the road? If they can win this game, it says a lot to me about not just how good they are, but how consistent Joy, they let's talk legacy for a second before we got to run. Um, when we talk about Tom Brady, we don't say what was Tom Brady's record versus the Packers. Last week, before America's Game of the Week, we said, what's Tom Brady's record versus Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Rogers, right. We didn't say, what's Tom Brady's record versus the Colts? We say, what was Tom Brady's record versus Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning? There you go. We always assess quarterbacks' record versus other quarterbacks, particularly those that are in their class or their league. Eli Manning versus Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb versus Tony Romo. Tony Romo versus Eli Manning. It's just what we do. When I think about this game long term, I think in that context, Joy, of same draft class, over the course of history, this is one of those games where you get a little bit of bragging rights or narrative rights. Do you think that this is to some degree at least a narrative game where Tua can really swing the pendulum to maybe have more people saying what Shady's saying, that Tua's better? Oh, absolutely. This is, this is a game where that should be measured. Like, you are measured against your peers, particularly your draft class. And, yes, up until this point, mostly the Dolphins' fault. We have considered Joe Burrow to be the top of the class. And then he went to the Super Bowl, so we were right about that. Justin Herbert's talented. He's beautiful at throwing the ball, and he looks great. And we haven't seen the results in the postseason yet or so far this season. And we are seeing it with Tua. You're measured against your peers and particularly a draft class. I don't necessarily always like to measure quarterback versus quarterback because obviously we know the quarterback plays against the defense and that quarterback plays against the other defense. But it's just easier and sexier to describe it that way. However, in this game, I would suspend that because of your point. I love what you said about him really establishing himself in this draft class because right now Joe Burrow is that, how, no matter how they're playing this year. He took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl last year. With whatever he had around him, it's still the Cincinnati Bengals who have been habitually dysfunctional. We're not just going to erase that, that, that history because he took them there. He did it, and he overcame the worst offensive line in the postseason to do it. So I think Tua can go in there and really make a statement, and I think that they will. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm the kind of guy who's I'm always quarterback versus quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So this screams to me a phenomenal matchup. Tua, go get the respect from those that haven't yet given it to you. Well, coming up, speaking of somebody who's gotten respect, Mike McCarthy. I'm not going to say I owe you an apology, but I owe you something because the Cowboys mm. are still riding high without Dak Prescott. Cowboys fans of America, you're going to want to hear this. That's next. I'll speak. Yeah, shout out Miami sports music. Welcome back, family. Let's get back to Dallas. The Cowboys, they've won two in a row to everybody's surprise. Now, Dak Prescott, we know he's battling the thumb surgery, battling recovering. Cooper Rush has been solid as a starter. Head coach Mike McCarthy, his team looks steady Eddie. Remember, they got a matchup against Washington this Sunday on Fox. Dave, 
I want to talk to you. I want to talk to your heart for a second. I owe you an apology. Oh. I owe Mike McCarthy an apology. Sorry, what? I owe Cowboys fans an apology for now, for this reason. For now. Um, <laughs> Mike McCarthy, not impressive to me. Historically, he hasn't been impressive to me. He got to the Dallas Cowboys, and he hired a defensive coach that shouldn't have been a coach, but they go way back, and Mike Nolan had to fire Mike Nolan because Jerry Jones was like, yo, Mike Nolan is terrible. Jerry was like, hey, here's Dan Quinn. Mike McCarthy, he don't even call plays on offense. Jerry right. Jones was like, you not calling plays? Here's Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy has historically in Dallas mismanaged the game. Go back and rewatch the Falcons game two years ago. Go back and rewatch the Chargers game last year. Mike McCarthy, go back and rewatch the Niners game in the playoffs. Historically mismanaged the game. But as we've addressed on the show today, it's hard to win with the backup quarterback. Right. Nearly impossible. 2-0 right now, Dave. Mike McCarthy is with the backup quarterback. But more than that, you saw what Mike McCarthy was with Andy Dalton. They never won two consecutive games against starters when Andy Dalton was in for Dak Prescott. Never. You saw Mike McCarthy when he was in 2013 with Scott Tolzien, Seneca Wallace. You saw Mike McCarthy in 2017 with Brett Huntley. Mike McCarthy can't win with backups, and he's doing it. It's changed my opinion. He's improved my opinion of the man. You've covered Dallas for 10 years. Has this season improved your opinion of McCarthy? So, no. But also, my opinion of Mike McCarthy was never that bad. Like, I, my opinion of Mike is exactly the same as it was, which I see a guy who builds a good culture, the players love him, which that that is that is something that that obviously matters. I mean, Dak Prescott said before the season, like he something along the lines of Mike's my guy. He called him my guy. Nice. Honestly, he's done a decent job of keeping things on the rails when it goes bad. Yes, they were bad in 2020. Terrible. They racked up wins against backups. The point remains they were a bad team when Dak got hurt in October. And in week 17, they had a chance to win a sorry NFC East. Doesn't mean they were good, but he kept them relevant until the last week of the season. He wanted Dan Quinn. And then this year, when people were talking about maybe Mike getting fired and Sean Payton rumors and Dan Quinn rumors, Mike McCarthy was part of bringing Dan Quinn back to Dallas because he was like, I can deal with speculation because this guy is a hell of a defensive coordinator and I want him here. All of that stuff is the same. I also don't really think Mike McCarthy does that much on game day. Like, I couldn't tell you what he brings to the table on Sunday for three and a half hours. But I think you can say that about a lot of NFL head coaches, to be honest with you. So I'm not saying he's amazing. I'm not saying he's terrible. I think he's a good Monday to Saturday coach. And I, that's how I felt before this all happened. But you would say, Shady, that he is amazing or he's terrible? I think he's regular. I think he is what he is. He's a guy that has a team... His whole career are full of talent, full of athletes, full of playmakers. He doesn't really, I mean, he wins game, regular season games. The big games, he doesn't win, right? I look at him now. He's a good defense, a lot of talent. They make plays. They make sacks. He's not doing anything great. His team, is they lack discipline. Tons of flags, right? The same thing we've seen last year with great coaches, right? They don't have these problems, do they? They don't have these problems. So I think he's exactly who he is. I, I wouldn't say he changed my opinion. I think he's a, he's a solid, cool coach. Cool coach. Like, players like him. Oh, we like He's my guy. But he, I, I wouldn't want him to lead my team. In Philadelphia, he's not welcome. <laughs> Shady and I agreeing about the Cowboys. Just let's know. Can we quote that out? Can we note that? Dennis Green. You know what that is? Yeah. Okay. What did he say? They are who we thought they were. And we That's who it is with Mike McCarthy. We know who this guy is. Man, he's going to do good right now. Let his talent go out there and play. Make some sacks. Parsons, go get him. Put your mouthpiece in. They have no real coaching, like, advice. Come on. Trayvon Diggs going to get a pick. 
Cooper Rush, you're doing better than Dak. But there's no real coaching advice. So I don't really, I mean, he's okay. Joy, where are you at? Has he improved your opinion? No, I, I mean, my opinion of Mike McCarthy was never really that low. I don't think he's, he's clearly shown uh, some failures and some big moments. But the Packers season ended the exact same way that the Cowboys season ended. Actually, it was worse because they were the best team in the NFC and had a home field advantage and a bye. We're not talking about by LaFleur. Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. Has. That's a big game. The Super Bowl was a big game. He won that. I don't think he's a great coach. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's had bad coaching mishaps. So have all head coaches. We've seen it throughout history. We see it every weekend that good coaches make bad decisions. Right. There's a lot going on. Now, the better coaches tend to make less bad decisions. That's what separates them from good and bad coaches. But what's happened with Mike McCarthy, I think, is greatly exaggerated. Again, only because it's the Cowboys. What did they do last year? They went 12-5 and five and then went one and done. By any standard, that's a good season, right? But because it's the Dallas Cowboys, it's a disaster. It was a good season for the Packers. We're not out here dragging the floor. We're not talking about if he's capable of coaching. Their season ended the same way. Really, the mistakes that you bring up about, the, you know, the, the, the play calling and the clock. Execution. That's terrible. Oh, but oh. you ended up in the same exact position as the, as the Packers, and we're not talking about LaFleur. Why? How, how many coaches would you guess? And, like, I mean, you don't really have to answer this, but think about there's 32 head coaches in the NFL. How many of them are you like that guy gives his team a decided advantage on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, not many. I don't think I'd it's say, more than 8 to 10. See, I'd say 12. Uh, but, yeah, I'm okay, just I'm brainstorming. A, a third of the league, though. I mean, it's not a lot. But you don't think that's a lot? No. Like at the point in which, if you're the NFL, if you're the head coach of an NFL team, I expect all 32 of them to be pretty good at that. So that's mind-boggling that more of them aren't good at it. Experience of how long you've been coaching. So, but that to me is why I was so low on McCarthy because I was like, not only is Mike McCarthy not giving the Cowboys a competitive advantage, Mike McCarthy's hurting the Cowboys. When I when he first got there and he wasn't calling plays, I was like, so what you really doing? Then he got there and he hired Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan got fired. Don't call the plays. No, not at all. But then defensively, I was like, what input do you have? He hired Mike Nolan. And I was like, Mike Nolan. You shouldn't, if you're not a defensive coach, you should hire a great defensive coordinator, which cool. he did. Which he didn't. Not when he first got there. When he got hired, the Mike only Nolan. reason Dan Quinn came in was because Jerry was like, yo, Mike Nolan is terrible. You got to go. McCarthy and Mike Nolan went back years, which is why he only hired him yeah. in the first place. Right. So I was like, on the Dan field, Quinn you're not making okay. no good decisions yeah, off the field. But he still hired Dan Quinn. Only by force, not by choice. You, okay. Because I don't Nolan know if, wasn't good. You can't, that's, you can't definitively prove that. Because think about this. Mike Nolan and McCarthy go way back. They've got history going all the way back to San Francisco. It's 2020. The whole season was a mess. You've got a coaching staff coming in during COVID. Clearly disrupted everything. I think Mike McCarthy probably could have fought for another year with Mike Nolan. I give Mike McCarthy credit for saying this was a disaster. Let's get somebody better. I, I think it's fair to give we, him credit We're going to talk that. about that off camera. I got to get a break. I don't think he had a choice. We will discuss it more. <laughs> What's up, family? We all know Russell Wilson got paid a big bag. I'm talking $100-plus million guaranteed in Denver, but things have not gone as planned. However, they're still 2-1, but the offense has looked atrocious. Meanwhile, their defense allowing the second-fewest points in the league. Linebacker Bradley Chubb said, quote, I don't mean to sound brash, but I think we are the best defense in the league. Joy, I was reading this quote um, right before coming into work, and I was thinking to myself, how, once again, are we focused on a defense when Russell Wilson is the quarterback? When I think about great quarterbacks throughout history, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes, we talk about offense. They all had great defenses. Tom Brady did. 
uh, Aaron Rodgers did. Aaron Rodgers, to me, played with the greatest defender in the history of football when you count college and pro in Charles Woodson. They all had great defenses, maybe none as great as the Legion. But for whatever reason, once again, here we go talking about defense. Russ left Seattle so we could talk about offense. Nathaniel Hackett, quarterback coach, the two-time MVP back-to-back -back in Green Bay last year. Now he's a head coach for the Broncos. But we're talking about defense, talking about defense, talking about defense. Is it a bad look in your mind that once again we're talking about defense on a Russell Wilson-led team, that Russ is being carried right now by the Broncos' defense? No, because I don't know why players have to suffer in order to prove that they're great. It's like the struggle competition <laughs> that actually doesn't even make any sense because, to your point, all of those great quarterbacks – had great defenses. There are two sides to the ball. I am done, actually three sides, and we've seen special teams mess it up for yep. several teams this year as well. I'm no longer deducting points from someone for playing with great players. If you elevate not great players, I'll consider that. But most great teams tend to win. We really don't see a one individual player elevate an average or below average whole side of the ball to a win. It just, it just doesn't happen. It's too much of a team game. There's too many moving parts. I don't believe this narrative. I know that there was a great defense that played alongside Russell Wilson and won that Super Bowl. But I don't look at Russell Wilson and think he's not a great quarterback. Certainly the Broncos didn't look at him that way since they paid him all that money and brought him in. So I don't really believe this is a narrative. And I, I actually don't understand it because there aren't statistics that back it up. Shady, talk to me about it. Russell Wilson, one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation. But when you think about Russ, we always talk about the Legion. Now we're talking about how good the Broncos defense is. Is it a bad look? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I mean, because, like, in, in football, especially with the quarterbacks, it's all about wins, right? Championships and wins. They don't care about the defense. Right now, granted, the Legion of Boom was, was like, tremendous. They were, like, everywhere. I played against them. They were they were the real deal. But the championship that Russ got, I mean, that's his championship. I don't say he got the championship because his defense was so great. But the, don't we? Because no. don't you think that would be a lie to say that yeah, I mean, he but got like, a championship and they would have won the game without Russell Wilson being on the but, field? Uh, yeah. That's for every. That's for every quarterback, every team. Like Peyton Manning, even Tom Brady, the two the two champions he had. The defense played their, their part. He didn't do as well, but he won that championship. Nobody goes and hand points or, or pinpoints this and that. It's a championship. That's all that matters: is wins and losses. So then, Dave, why Russ? Because regardless of how we all feel, there is a narrative around Russ. When you think about Russ, you understand he's not getting into the hall without the Legion of Boom. I think we could all agree on that note. But Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, if he were to retire right now, Drew Brees, all of these guys are getting into the hall without their defense. But why Russ? Like, just talk to me about Russ. Because Russ played with an iconic defense. And, like, I mean, we, maybe we overuse that word, but in terms of the Legion of Boom, it's iconic. What we were saying right before the show, like, how many NFL defenses have their own nickname? Going back to, like, the 60s, it's not more than five or six, you know? But... You just listed all those guys off. I know I do. When I think of those guys, I think of, of everything. I think of James Harrison's 100-yard pick six mm. in one of those Steelers Super Bowls. I think of Eli Manning's pass rush doing their damnedest to make sure the Giants won those Super Bowls. I think about a very sneakily good Saints defense in 09 that I believe led the league in turnovers and sure as hell scored a lot of defensive touchdowns. The Saints won their suit. You, you're talking to a New Orleans guy. The Saints <laughs> won their Super Bowl with a pick six. 
Peyton Manning was driving to tie that game and Tracy Porter sealed it. It all goes together. Russell Wilson, if you want to call it, it's not bad luck. It's good luck for him. But <laughs> Russell Wilson is, just happens to be associated with an iconic group. But even since the Legion of Boom broke up, I mean, like, I mean he, he made the Pro Bowl every year from 2017 to 2021. Like, he has been a good quarterback in his own right. If anything, it just proves that you need everything to get the job done. And that iconic defense has not been together for some time. For a long time. And in Seattle, for the, the last three years, in 2019, they were ranked 22nd and 26 in total yards. They went 11 and 5. They had a completely average defense in 2020. They went 12 and 4. And last year, he got hurt. So this idea that he's just been playing with these great defenses because it's Pete Carroll and it's Seattle is a fantasy. It's not even real. So he's actually been elevating an average to bad defense in Seattle yep. for the past few years. Here's what I think, though, Shady and Joy, I think this much. I think the defense was made more iconic, and I love the defense. I know several of those guys personally, if not all of them. I think they were made more iconic because at the time, Russell Wilson was not an icon. As I look at this yeah. pa these Patriots defenses during Tom Brady's heyday, number one overall, number two overall, number two overall, number four overall, that's four and five years. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's really good. But we still talk about Tom Brady. Obviously, we could talk about Willie McGinnis and if you deep dive into the other things. But I think they were made more iconic because Russ wasn't an icon. Right. Does it say something about Russ's lack of crazy greatness that we still talk about the defense or were the defense is just too great? No quarterback can outdo that. I, I think it's the timing. So if you look at Russ's career, when, when they were winning all them games and, and they got that chip and going back to the championship, the defense was more of the thing. Like, listen, let's let the defense go out there and win the game. Russ, let's be safe. Let's run the ball a lot with Marshawn Lynch. And let's be a conservative offense. But when the defense kind of broke up a little bit and it wasn't the Legion of Boom anymore, then it was more Russ really throwing the ball. And we really seen his greatness. So I think it's more of the timing part of it. I like it. Well, coming up, one segment was not enough on Bill Belichick. So we got to finish those thoughts. Remember, I said he's going to be forced into retirement this year. Are we seeing the end of the greatest ever. That's next on Speed. Don't go anywhere. Okay, family, very quick. Got to take care of some family business. Was talking about Bill Belichick earlier, and there's one simple question. Joy, how many more seasons are you giving Bill Belichick until you finally do say, you know what, Belichick, maybe you do need to move on. Maybe I do need to see more. How many more Wild cardish seasons. Oh, wild cardish seasons. Wild How many more rookie uh, seasons going to the playoffs do it's I need? Very good at glossing over playoff yeah. appearances. I, I'm going to say 10 more years. When Belichick is ready to retire, and then we can assess what he has done since Tom Brady has left. They went to the playoffs last year with a rookie quarterback. They, they had the exact same playoff experience as Aaron Rodgers and the Dallas Cowboys. Went there, took an L, went home. What's the difference? Shady, Bray, Belichick has missed the playoffs, lost in the wild card, and once again, it looks like he might struggle to make the playoffs since Tom Brady has left. How much more are you giving him? You giving this him is anything? so media-driven. I asked you this, right? If I said he's a 500 coach, would you believe that? Without Tom Brady, he's 72 and 81. That's who he really is. This is a real Bill Belichick. That's who he really is. I'm not lying. These are the facts. I'm not lying. I can't make it up. He can't win without Tom Brady. But we're too media-driven to say that. He's so great. The playoffs without Tom Brady last 40-point blowout. 40-point blowout. That same was playoff experience as the Packers it was with Aaron Rodgers and Dallas Cowboys. I like to say 40. Went there, <laughs> went home. Oh, no, no, Rachel is next. We'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs>